Howdy, y'all. I'm Mario Sanchez. This is Juicebox Sports Podcast, the number one podcast in the great state of Texas, presented by Anchor.fm. Today, we got Big 12 expansion, Saints versus Packers, Carlos Perez, Future, and the Mariners making a postseason push. So, you got to stick around, tune in, man. It's going to get real. Big 12 is expanding and doing it at rap speed. Less than six weeks after Texas and Oklahoma announced their impending departure to the SEC, the league is poised to add four new members in a process that could culminate in one week's time. UCF. Houston, BYU, and Cincy are expected to apply for Big 12 membership next week and then could be approved for admission in a meeting of Big 12 presidents September 10. According to Sports Illustrated, the league has the eight votes needed for expansion. In this scenario, the four teams will join the league by 2023 or very late, latest 2024, and may even complete alongside Oklahoma and Texas before those two powerhouses depart for the SEC, making for a couple of awkward seasons in the 14 team Big 12. Timeline is fluid and has been described as optimistic. But not unrealistic, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bounceby has even gone one on side visits. Most recently, taking a trip to meet with Houston officials on Thursday. UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati, with three American Athletic Conference members, are required to give 27 month notice to their league and pay a 10 million exit penalty. In the current timeline, the teams will be will give a 23-month notice and likely pay an increased exit fee. BYU is not a member of a conference in football, but must give the West Coast Conference notice for its other sports leaving the league. The four new members are not expected to immediately get full distribution shares. However, their first year shares in the Big 12 are expected to double, if not triple, their American distribution, which is around $6 million or $7 million. A Big 12 source described the attraction of the prospective new additions being rooted in both TV market audience and football relevancy. Can you think of anybody that surpasses them in those areas? The source asks, all four have won at least 10 years with multiple head coaches. That speaks to infrastructure and commitment. With the addictions, the Big 12 will retain its status as autonomy, five league college football leaders believe. The NCAA granted autonomy powers in legislature matters too. The Big Ten, the 
SEC, Pac-12, ACC, and Big 12. But the most important piece relates to the college football playoff. The Power 5 conferences hold lucrative bowl tie-ins as part of the CFP contract which does not expire until the 2025 season. TIAA Bankfield might be neutral turf for the Green Bay Packers, New Orleans Saints season opener, but the, the stands could be a lot less. So, according to reports, the Saints picked the stadium in Jacksonville for the game because they believe Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well in Florida. The Packers won't be accustomed to the humidity and the city is more difficult to get to for Green Bay fans than Miami or Tampa. The later factor might have been a miscalculation. Florida is rife with Packer fans, including a 3,000 strong Central Florida Packer backers group, also the extra preseason bye week because of the new 17-game regular season schedule means that the last-minute switch from New Orleans to Jacksonville isn't so last-minute that fans won't have time to buy tickets and make travel plans. The game is scheduled for 3.25 p.m. Central Time, September 12th, was moved from New Orleans because of damage caused by Hurricane Ida, Southern Louisiana, and Mississippi are still recovering from the storm, which made landfall on August 29. Electricity still is unavailable for hundreds of thousands of people. Florida-based Packer fans are expecting a big turnout. Tickets went on sale to Packer fans Friday morning but some got tickets on Thursday because of Ticketmaster passcode for the early sale to Saints and Jaguar fans was readily available. The Central Florida Packer backers are not planning a group trip because of the short notice and COVID-19 situation, but they do expect several hundreds of their members will attend. As of midday Friday, Tickets were showing up on secondary market sites, and the average of cheapest seats of six of those marketplaces was $91. Fans would find it easier to get into the stadium than they would have in New Orleans, where vaccination against COVID-19 virus or reason negative test was required. Florida has different rules, and TIAA Bankfield only recommends that unvaccinated fans wear masks. Locals advise visitors to be prepared for the heat. The long-range forecast calls for temperatures in the high 80s on game day. Carlos Correa, the Houston Astros shortstop who won the a championship with the team in 2017, with the help of some extracurriculars, has announced that he will be leaving the team after this season. Correll told The Athletic, my last year with the Astros, 
said Korea. Hopefully we can win another championship. And I can leave this great organization with two of them. I don't know exactly what why Korea has decided to leave. Maybe he wants to be the sole star of a team. Or get a super contract. Or just needs a change of scenery. Or perhaps he's trying to distance himself from the science stealing scandal. He was part of Carlos, can I call you Carlos? If you're leaving because you're tired of getting booed, then you're just, you just know it's not going to work. Look at George Springer, who has gone heckled on his new team, the Blue Jays, even when they're home. The Astros have been booed relentlessly in every ballpark they have gone to since fans have been allowed back in the stadium. And the team, to their credit, stood there and accepted their communities like responsible adults. Of course, I'm kidding. The Astros reportedly complained to MLB winning another championship when the Astros won't change anything. No amount of switching teams or subsequent championships will whitewash the reputation that you and your teammates made for ourselves by cheating. That ship has long sailed. You could have minimized the backlashes by coming clean, sincerely apologizing, and giving the World Series trophy back. But instead, you taunted opponents and fans alike. So, toughen up, man. With the regular season now in its final month, shorts of Carlos Correa time with the Houston Astros could be winding down. Correa, one of five remaining members of the 2017 World Series Championship Club, will be a free agent at the end of the season. Though he hasn't ruled out returning to Houston, Correa told the Astros in the spring that he didn't want to negotiate a contract extension during the regular season. This came after he said he turned down extension offers of six years, $120 million, and later five years, $125 million. He said recently there have been no talks with the Houston Astros since. I was very clear that once the season started, I didn't want to have any conversations, Correa said. Obviously, they respect that. We all seen once the season's over, we'll see where we're at. The Astros will undoubtedly make a run to resign Carlos Correa in the offseason, but he figures that to have a handful of teams throwing money at him, that will make it more difficult for the Astros to meet his salary demands. Still, Carlos Correa says the door still be open to him staying in Houston beyond 2021. You never know, man, he said. Obviously, I don't know. I do not have a contract with the Houston Astros for next year. Who knows? If they want to keep me in here, I'll be happy to stay here. If they don't see me here long term, I'll go play for someone else. But that decision is out of my hands. 
the only things that in my hands is the way I perform on the on the field and the way I help my team win ball games. Correa admitted he will get a bit sentimental as the season winds down, knowing this is time in front of the fans at Minute Maid Park to be ending. Oh, 100%, he said. Knowing that it's my last year on the contract, and I don't know if I'm coming back. Obviously, I'm going to get sentimental, especially being at Minute Maid. With the fans, we'll see. It's pretty obvious that he's in it for the money. That's just what ball players in the modern era of the game are here for. And as a fan base, we gotta accept this. After all, baseball is a business industry, not just a kid's sport. It's time for the Marins to make a serious push for the postseason. Hey, maybe that push happens this month as Seattle is still surprisingly mathematically alive in the wildcard game race. But with top talent graduating to the big league level, and the Mariners now 20 years removed from their last title, division title win, Jerry DePoto must use this offseason to round up the major league roster in meaningless ways. The West looks winnable as the Astros might be dealing with another departure of a cornerstone player if Carlos Correa walks. Dangerous top-heavy payroll makes their pitching need difficult to address and the A's deal with their perennial budget and limitations. With the young talent the Mariners have assembled, you don't have to squint too hard to see them commanding this division in the not-too-distant future. As far as 2022, it's concerned. The Mariners will need help in the rotation and the second base. Marcus Seaman will be a fantastic fit there. Of course, this won't be easy or cheap. Winter to address pitching concerns, but DePoto is involved. You can always count on trades talks transparent. Thank you for listening to the Juicebox Sports Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Ray's Energy. Check us out on Instagram at Juicebox Sports HTX. Till next time.